Welcome to the Creative Sandwich, a podcast where you'll learn how to leap past your competition by blending solid business principles, the creative process, and design thinking to produce breakthrough innovations. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, James Turner. Now that we've gotten past the overview in the first episode, hopefully we can move on to more interesting topics. Starting with, it's time for me to explain the term creative sandwich. A listener pointed out that my series introduction never mentioned anything about it. Well, the name is just a metaphor. This isn't some thinly disguised foodie podcast targeting business professionals. The, the term creative sandwich is just a, is just a simple visual way to describe a process that offers you a better way to design better solutions to solve bigger business challenges. The metaphor was just my way of making it easy as possible for anyone to understand just how it works, at least at a high level. I'm, I'm hoping that you'll ultimately be able to see the value in this kind of an approach and then start to use these techniques yourself to drive creativity and innovation into your own organization. So let's get into this. In a discussion of the creative process, you're likely to automatically think that all of the focus is going to be on how to generate breakthrough ideas or come up with that big novel solution to some critical business challenge. It's, it's a reasonable expectation. Unfortunately, a big breakthrough idea or some big solution is only part of the story. There's a lot more to it than that. First step, and there's only three, so please hang in there with me on this. The first step is to, to have a good reason to create something. I know it, it sounds obvious, but it's, it's really not. This is a journey, and ultimately you're going to get to some destination. Reaching that destination is a lot more rewarding when you have a good idea about the value of getting there. Uh, put another way, it's, uh, it's a lot easier at the end of the process if the powers that be started out with a pretty good idea about the value of solving a particular challenge before they started. You want to focus your brainstorming effort on challenges associated with your industry and your company. That sounds obvious, too. You'll read about exceptions, where teams appear very autonomous, left to invent whatever comes to mind. And I guess if you're working for, like, one of the fang companies rolling in dough, then you can tackle flying cars and space travel and world peace, but the rest of us in the other 99.99% of the companies out here aren't coming up with a way to, like, have space lasers to dig water wells in sub-Saharan Africa. And those goals might be great things to invent, but for the rest of us, we've got to focus on the things that have the most impact on our organization's needs right now. And that starts with improving the customer's experience, addressing supply chain issues, or radically improving the efficiency of operations. Just, just look at retail. What a mess. Or you could say, what an opportunity. Most don't know how much is actually in stock, and most haven't found ways to make cross-channel transitions seamless for their shoppers. Here, here are two great examples of worthwhile things that need major breakthroughs. I mean, I get it. Autonomous vehicles make for great PR. One-hour delivery in grocery retail is a follow-the-leader uh, matching Amazon. But still, a, a ton of innovative work needs to be done. And this is just retail. Aim high. You should take a look at something called 10x thinking. Or just keep listening to this show, and we'll be talking about it in later episodes. But aiming high, you, you'd better have a process in place that mitigates the increased risk. 
You need to have a safer environment where you can try out the big ideas and, and really see what's possible. Try it out. See what doesn't work. Try it again. See what does work. Iterate through the possible options. But you see, this is why the creative sandwich concept is so important. You aim high and let your creative team immerse themselves in figuring out if they can find a way to make it even possible and then figure out if it's practical. There are plenty of challenges and opportunities, problems in most every organization that are worth addressing. The process starts with your initial prompt, the objective. That objective needs to be It needs to be presented in a meaningful way to the folks that are going to be analyzing and brainstorming to produce the ideas. For example, don't hand a spreadsheet to an advertising creative team and tell them something like their objective is to, I don't know, uh, increase uh, Midwest regional sales of plus-sized yoga pants by 11% in the first quarter of next year. That just isn't a great way to communicate the objective. The creative team needs to understand more about what they're supposed to do, and they're not going to find that in any spreadsheet. Let me try to put this in perspective. If you're in leadership, let's let's say you're the CEO, chances are you're a vertical, logical, left-brain thinker. This is good. This is great. This is as it should be. But imagine just for a second, you're in the boardroom and your CFO walks up to the head of the table to explain their quarterly numbers and performs a sock puppet presentation. At this point, first thing that comes across your mind is the word intervention. In any event, it's probably not going to be well received. What if your CIO shows up in a leotard to describe his or her hybrid cloud strategy, describing the strategy options through interpretive dance? Again, it's probably not a good idea. So we can agree that the method of conveying information is important. We all understand that we we have to speak the language of the audience. We have to meet their expectation using their terms and techniques that they find familiar. The weirdness of using interpretive dance or sock puppets in a boardroom is obvious to most of us. But to a creative, that spreadsheet is just as strange, just as wrong. Instead of numbers stacked in columns... A creative team needs to know how customers view the brand. What feature or iconic quality do they find valuable that drives their purchases? So now this is where the creative process begins, which is step two. Thanks for hanging in. The creative team needs to know who these customers are. They need to understand their needs, their daily challenges, the demographic, and on and on. So the process, it requires a lot of information. The creative team needs to understand a lot about these folks that are buying plus-size yoga pants and Fond du Lac. Another example, if your team is tasked with addressing some major issue occurring within some line of business in your organization, you first get the objective from leadership. This is the leadership view. This is the big picture view of the issue. Like the spreadsheet, that's not the full story. It's not enough depth. Now you need to meet with the actual people who are really experiencing the challenge firsthand. You need to listen and you need to absorb the details of what they are experiencing. Then start a dialogue with the team, digging deeper into the situation, asking lots of questions. You're after underlying issues. 
So when you put together the, the way the problem is experienced firsthand by the people, and you put that together with the underlying root issues that may exist, then you get the depth you need to identify the tasks and potential opportunities that can be the roots of those ideas. It's also the same for designing product and service features. You, you have to know the needs, the, the pain points. You need to know the business case for it, which you get from leadership typically. But you also need to know the details, the first-person details from the folks who are actually living it. That's an important part of this. So let's say you've got the objective, you've met with the people in the, uh, in the trenches. What do you do next? You've gotten all the information you need. Well, now it's brainstorming. Finally, we're just now to brainstorming, which is what people iconically associate with creativity. So from this starting line, it's important to allow the creative individual or the team to follow a traditional brainstorming process. And that's done by following any number of, of idea threads and following them wherever they lead. This is, this is how big breakthroughs are actually created. If the objective sends them down a path that nobody imagined and the opportunity is just too big to ignore, then so be it. Take the win. The unexpected opportunity might have been, I don't know, something like you, you figured out you could uh, create a totally new line of exercise apparel. Again, you're shooting for increasing sales of yoga pants, right? So, And it can be made from some recently invented polymer that is more comfortable to wear and so inexpensive that it can increase your margins by, I don't know, 35%. Plus, you read about this little piezoelectric device and you suddenly realize that that can be sewn into the waistband to generate a small electric current and combined with this new polymer and its physical properties, the resulting combination has this amazing heat transfer capability that keeps the person cool. The movements they make in exercise flex the piezoelectric material and that creates the energy. In fact, this leads to a whole new line of pro apparel for athletes. A whole new line of business is born. The original objective, of course, was to service the needs of yoga classes in southern Wisconsin, but, well, you blew right past a modest increase in Midwest sales. You let the ideas take you on an extended journey where you get to see what can be uncovered and what can be invented. This is where the value of lateral thinking comes into play. You're bound to have some kind of idea about brainstorming. A lot of you have probably done some brainstorming along the way, and unfortunately, a lot of you are likely to have had a less than satisfying experience with it. There are a number of predictable mishaps that are commonly encountered. Any one of them could have already poisoned your confidence in the brainstorming process. In this podcast, I'll be trying as hard as I can to build a common understanding, a common definition, and a proven approach for idea creation. You'll want to hear how to avoid the common missteps so you can engage in a more effective process, a process that can lead to more valuable ideas and also minimize the angst and a lot of the interpersonal nonsense, the narcissism, the hubris that can affect the process like a virus. We'll spend a lot of time on the do's and don'ts of brainstorming, and it's okay if you call it idea creation, ideation, or whatever else you want to call it. We'll dedicate entire episodes to this topic. 
So, now to the third step. Packaging the idea for stakeholders. You've done brainstorming. You come up with the big idea. Now that big idea has to be packaged in a way that will make its value instantly understandable to the decision makers. Those decision makers might be in your organization or they might be your customers or your client or all of the above. So here we are again at the interface between groups of people that probably have a very different point of view and a radically different way of thinking. Suddenly it's it's not really about the value of that big breakthrough idea anymore. Now it's all about how well you can communicate the value of that idea to these key folks. Think of a raw idea as being like an uncut diamond. Most people have never seen one before, and I can tell you it just doesn't look like much to the untrained eye. Not that mine are trained for anything. I just grew up not too far from the diamond mine at I think it's in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. Some of my friends would drive up there and spend a morning from time to time digging around trying to happen upon a diamond, sell it, and, you know, buy a Les Paul or a Marshall Stack or something worthwhile. It was a simple life back then, but these days I need a disclaimer just to point out that this isn't some subtle product placement for a diamond mine in Arkansas. Uh, I don't even know if it's still there, but the point is, is that this facility had to post explanations of how to identify a diamond so you know it's not just another piece of quartz or some other crystal. A raw diamond doesn't look like much. It certainly doesn't look like a diamond. The diamond mine had to actually have somebody on duty just to tell the, the visitors if the rock they found was a diamond or not, and if it was, you know, about how much it might be worth. It's that unrecognizable. However, once a diamond, of course, has been shaped by someone who knows what they're doing, a skilled craftsman, then the value of the diamond becomes obvious. I know you see where this is going. Your big idea is just like an uncut diamond. If you put a photograph of your metaphorical uncut diamond into your PowerPoint presentation to pitch to the stakeholders after your brainstorming and labeled it the big idea, and if you pitched it to the stakeholders without any additional explanation, your audience would be underwhelmed. It looks just like an ugly, oily rock. If you step back and, and look at the situation for a moment, there's no reason these folks should understand what they're seeing in this slide deck. By pitching a raw idea out of context without demonstrating how to use it, you force your audience to make a huge mental leap. And that's, that's really incredibly unfair to your audience because you force them to instantly understand something that's not instantly understandable. Instead of presenting the raw idea, you now have a second task on your hands. And this task is just as important as coming up with the great idea in the first place. You've got to take this raw idea and find an effective way to make it real or relevant to your intended audience. If it's a physical concept or a software concept, then you're probably talking about creating a prototype that is realistic enough to capture the usefulness of the idea and convey its value to your audience. If the value is more abstract, like a completely new vision for the company, a radically new information flow within an organization, then those for those kinds of things, then a diagram or a model might help visualize the desired end state. And it's probably also going to require a current state view as well so that people can see the contrast. 
The creative task of making it real, or at least making it real enough, uh, th this can be the most frustrating part of the process of bringing any new innovation into existence. Lots of people pride themselves on their ability to be visionaries, but in my experience, a number of these same people are not likely to understand your big idea unless you demonstrate the value to them. They are busy folks, much higher pay grade, tons of responsibility on their shoulders. Don't waste their time. Don't make them work at it. Work to try to understand what makes this new shiny object so good. Regardless of how obvious it might seem to you, the creative, trust me, it's not likely to captivate an audience mired in the way things are currently done. It's the only vision they see. Sometimes it, it's a huge transformation of thought to communicate a worthwhile business objective captured by vertical thinkers into a presentation style easily digested by lateral thinkers. Of course, the same is true when you go back the other way. So, starting to wrap it up. To make innovation a reality, it matters that somebody on the business side identified a clear objective to kick off the process. It also matters that a creative person came up with a great idea to address that business need or radically blow right past it. It, it also matters that the creative person or team packages the idea, transforming it into something that clearly demonstrates the idea in action, so it's something tangible, so the stakeholders will instantly see the value of the solution. This is the creative sandwich. Start by pulling a valuable business challenge or opportunity out of the refrigerator, slap it on the plate, toss on a big, huge chunk of creativity, and finish it off with a visually appealing topping that presents a new idea in an appealing way. In my experience, this is the best way to make innovations happen. Well, that's about it for this week. So until next week, see you then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Creative Sandwich. For more episodes, to subscribe, rate, or leave a review, visit iTunes. And if you're interested in learning more about problem-solving, creativity, or solution design, visit us at MarketSureConsulting.com.